You're listening to a BGE podcast. Friday edition Cut Straight Weekend Workshop here on Blind Grill and Experience. I am your host, Chris Peltz, and looking forward to this week's episode of the Cut Straight Weekend Workshop. I hope you guys are too. Man, I tell you what, uh, really appreciate the response again. I keep saying that every week, but I, I, I really do uh, appreciate it. I love it. It's it has, it has been awesome. It it really has. Um, a lot of folks have responded. Uh, looking into the website that we gave information on last week, Woodworking for the Blind, www the number four the letter b dot org, and uh, so. Yeah, hopefully um, get some more involved in that and see uh, how that's going. Um, I released some pictures this past week of several projects that I've been involved in and, and making and uh, had a lot of good response on that. I've, um, again, done some more handles for the Big Green Egg and sent those out. Uh, and John Grimes, actually, <laughs> uh, folks are familiar with him on some of the Monday episodes. In fact, he'll be coming up here uh, pretty soon on another Monday episode, but he was actually, uh, he's installed his handle on his big green egg. And we released a picture of that. That was awesome. Uh, and, uh, and we'll get into how we make some of those things, but today we're actually going to be talking about some recipe boxes that I've been making, released several pictures, uh, yesterday, um, of some recipe or a recipe box that I've made uh, for a neighbor and man, it's been awesome. Um, they're, they're simple. They're fun. They, they've got some, um, not, they've got some challenging parts to them, but nothing that's just outrageous. Um, you know, that I guarantee I don't get them right the first time all the time. (laughs) That doesn't happen, you know, but that, that's part of the learning process. That's for sure. Uh, the one I posted pictures of yesterday is made out of walnut. I've done some out of cedar. Uh, my brother actually had this huge cedar slab that we took and uh, resawed down and made a mantle for his fireplace. And with some of the leftover wood, I made uh, a recipe box out of that cedar uh, for his wife. Uh, and and I've used some uh, and repurposed some maple wood. It's kind of neat that uh, a friend of mine actually provided me with a a bunch of maple wood that he received from an old factory that he used to work for here in Springfield, Missouri that shut down and Zenith factory. Some of you might be familiar with old Zenith TVs and VCRs and stuff like that. Well, they used to be made right here in Springfield. And when that factory shut down and they were, you know, basically tearing it all down, getting rid of every, all the uh, inner parts of that factory, there was this cart system 
kind of like a rail system, and the uh, the the ties were these two foot long, two inch thick, and oh, I'd say five inch, you know, uh, tall um, pieces of pure maple, and that beautiful pieces of wood. And so he, you know, that they were let folks take them and. And he'd had them sitting in a garage for a long time, not doing anything with them. And he found out I was into woodworking. So he brought me a bunch of this maple. And I, I made a lot of recipe boxes for folks uh, with those things. But um, I, uh, I wanted to do something different, wanted to do some different woods. And so I did some walnut. And what was really cool about this last piece that uh, I uh, posted pictures of is that on the lid, the, the cap for the lid actually has a live edge on the front of the recipe box uh, of the lid. So uh, that, that was kind of a unique little feature that it had to it, which, which was awesome. Uh, but thought I'd kind of walk through that process of what I do to make those, uh, those recipe boxes because um, it, it really takes advantage of several tools from the the bandsaw that we've talked about to the miter saw to the table saw to the router and a planer and so uh, while not all of those tools are necessary for this particular project a few are but not all of them um it uh, you know having them definitely <laughs> came in handy and saved some time so uh so just to start off i had this one inch thick um piece of walnut that was about six foot long and about eight inches wide. So like a one by eight, I guess, uh, that was six foot long. And so I, what I started with is the miter saw. That's I started breaking down the wood on the miter saw and getting it into some a little bit more manageable size pieces uh, at about seven inches, seven and a half inches, I guess, seven and a half inches long. And, and then I run them through the planer. So I, I broke them down seven and a half inches long and then took those to the, you know, on, that was on the miter saw, excuse me. And then went over to the planer and run them through the planer on each side. And, uh, and what I needed to do then, well, uh, I, I was, I knew I was going to have to resaw them because they were way too thick. Even after planing them down, I wanted them about half that thickness still. And so I needed to go ahead and get the the sides, uh, the front, the back, and the two sides uh, to the sh to the size that I wanted them. They wanted I wanted them to be about seven and a half inches long and uh, about four and a half inches uh, on the uh, for the sides, and then uh, about six inches tall. Uh, and so that's you know that's what I kind of began as far as uh, you know my measurements and what I was going to do. And so after I run those through the planer, you know, they were seven and a half inches long each. Uh, it had basically four pieces just in case I messed one up. Uh, I then went to the table saw and, um, you know, I kept the seven and a half inch, you know, two of those out. And then the other two, I made four and a half inch long pieces. And then took all of them and run them through the table saw to make them, you know, six inches tall. And so now I've got all my pieces. Well, really, this is enough for two boxes uh, once I resaw it. 
on the bandsaw. So I, I, I take them over to the bandsaw and, you know, standing them up on the edge, uh, I, you know, run them through the bandsaw to cut them in half long ways, uh, which basically doubles how many pieces I've got. So I've got enough now for two boxes. And on that resaw side, you know, I needed to do some sanding. It was a little too thin to run through the planer. Uh, so just, you know, nice sanding, you know, takes care of, of that side pretty well. Well, the next thing I needed to do was to set up my router. And for this, um, I have, because uh, what I was going to do is I was going to make some box joint uh, cuts. And I've got a box joint jig from Rockler. And so I've got that set up on my router, and I'm going to use a 3 8 bit. Uh, for the size of uh, of the the box joint cuts that I'm going to make, the jig is pretty cool. It, it's pretty simple. It sets up on the router. It provides this little sliding sled so that as you hold your uh, work pieces up against it, and there's a, a bar you slide it up against, and you have to. The hardest thing is setting up the distance between your stop bar and your uh, your router bit because it has to be precise. If you're gonna use a 3 8 inch bit, you need to have 3 8 inch distance between the bit and that stop bar. That way your pieces will fit together perfectly You know, once you've made all the cuts. And so that's probably the hardest thing is getting that set up. Uh, but I've got some really cool little bars for measuring, which worked out really well to get that precise, plus using the click rule for most of my measurements on this job. And that's just a matter of running through the, um, you know, the, the box joint jig, the ends of every piece and seeing if they're going to fit together. And once, once I get the, the first set run, if there's any issues, I've got another set, right? So I can make any adjustments. Sometimes they come out perfect the first time and, you know, and you're just like, yes, all right. And sometimes they don't. Right. And so you have to figure out what what's going on, what'd you do wrong? Uh, but which is makes it nice then having that extra set of boards, you know, if you need it, uh, to uh, make your adjustments and then, you know, get it right the second time. So you got a second shot at it. Of course, if it's right the first time, then you can just run your other set through while you've got it set up and you you know, you got uh, you can make two boxes right there, which is nice also. So you get it, you get the box joints uh, all cut, and you kind of put your you, you loosely. I mean, they're they're kind of tight, but you you kind of get it together, make sure everything's going to fit, and everything's going to be good, and that you're done with that particular router bit because you remove that box joint, and now what you're going to do is I take because uh, for uh, you know I go to Hobby Lobby, I buy these uh, small boards that work for the bottom of the recipe box. And they're, um, I think, an eighth of an inch thick uh, board. And, I mean, it's it's he more heavy-duty than cardboard, but it almost feels like a heavy cardboard. But it's, a, it is, it's wood, and it's an eighth of an inch thick. And what I do is I set up an eighth-inch uh, bit on my router and get the... Uh, fence set to, you know, maybe an eighth of an inch away from the uh, router bit and determine which is going to be the bottom of my box and the top. And then I run that, uh, 
that bit along the bottom of every piece, uh, which creates the groove that my uh, that I'm going to slide in the uh, you know the bottom of the box to make the bottom of that recipe box. Uh, and this matter of cutting that, of course, I do that on the uh, on the um, uh, miter saw and get that cut down to size. And then I can start gluing it up, right? Once I can get kind of get it together, and and you know sometimes on these I I hear different things. Some folks say you don't on the those box joints like that. You don't need to glue them up, uh, especially if they're tight. And usually, you know, if you got your measurements right, they are pretty tight. It goes together tight. It's going to hold itself together. Um, sometimes I add just a little bit of wood uh, wood glue. Um, there's been a few that I haven't, and they've done fine, but, uh, you know, right now learning all of this, I go ahead and add just a little bit of glue on those, uh, joints and get them all clamped together, get the bottom in. <clears throat> and of course this leaves you with an open top at this point. Uh, but I want to get the box set and together, uh, that way I know exactly the measurement I need for, uh, you know, to make the top <clears throat> and to make the lid. But one of the things that we've done differently on almost every box is once we get those box joints together, sometimes you know, you can make it to where those box joints are flush and and you can sand the corners down to where everything is smooth, every side is smooth. Other times you can make it almost like a log cabin where the ends or the corners, you know, there's logs that stick out, you know, um, perpendicular to one another just on the ends. And sometimes we'll make a little bit of a deeper cut on the uh, on the router when we're doing the box joint, so that we can have that kind of look to it. Um, and you know, the, it's personal preference. Some people like it, some people don't. Um, it's kind of neat because of the grain and the way the grain runs. It almost looks like a checkerboard on the corners. Um, the, you know, uh, when they're especially if they're sanded smooth. Uh, it kind of get this checkerboard look to it on the on the corners, which is kind of neat. And, and some people really like that look, as opposed to having the um, you know the extended uh, pieces that go out and look more like a log cabin kind of look. But uh, I get that all up, get that together, and then I make my measurements for uh, the top, and I get a piece of. And I usually this one I don't resaw. I'll just I'll plane it down just about as much as I can top and bottom to a piece. And it's usually the seven and a half by four, uh, four and a half or so, uh, you know, uh, piece. And what I'm going to do at this point is usually my, my box itself, each board thickness is about three eighths of an inch. And I'm going to take a, uh, a, a router bit, and I'm going to run a rabbit cut around the edge of what's going to be the lid. So it kind of sets down into or, you know, onto the top, but down in just a little bit. Uh, and that I glue down. And once that's glued down, it's a completely sealed box. I go ahead and uh, if my wife is going to engrave it, we do the engraving on the front, figure out which, you know, where she thinks the front should be, uh, you know, what as far as the front and the back, she does the engraving and we'll go ahead and we'll, we'll, um, uh, finish it with a polyurethane finish. Well, after all of that is done, we go back to the bandsaw 
and we find out just how much we want to cut off for the lid because now you know right now it's just an enclosed box you can't do anything with it it doesn't open it's completely sealed up so we're going to take about an inch and a half or so. It, it depends on the box. I mean, I make these boxes different sizes almost every time. So some are taller than others. I just want to make sure that when a recipe card is in it, that the, it closes, people can get the cards out easily, um, you know, that they fit, you know, long ways and, and height wise, you know, everything fits. And so um, we then take the bandsaw and we get the fence set up, and we'll um, we run that entire box through the bandsaw to cut the the top off, and that's where uh, we go ahead and with the sander, uh, and my wife helps me with this part, kind of get that rough cut sanding done, and um, we get it set up to where we can put the hardware on, which would be the hinges and the latch on the front. And so, um, you know, that's some of the last little parts that we do uh, to finish off that box. And, and, and they're just really pretty. I, I've sold several, and I've given several away uh, to friends, uh, you know, a couple some friends that have gotten married. We gave them a recipe box for their wedding, um, some friends for their anniversary, some family that has bought some. And so we, we just, I just enjoy making them. I, they're, they're not difficult, really. Um, and I'm sorry, I don't, I'm not good at explaining some of this sometimes. I know you, you would think, well, I'm blind and I should be able to explain this to folks, but you know, sometimes I have difficulty with that. So I understand, um, that that can be frustrating, you know, for a lot of folks, but, um, you know, so much of it is, is feeling everything. And, And sometimes I don't know how much people do, do, uh, know and, or, or do not know, and, um, you know, I, I've learned all of this by feeling, um, you know, grabbing hold of things and seeing how they work and doing test cuts. And, and I've, I've gone through a lot of wood doing that very thing. Uh, but uh, the recipe boxes are really cool. They're pretty simple projects to make. And from there, you can make larger boxes. You know, you can make jewelry boxes. I mean, there's all kinds of things you could do with this very same project. I don't have a pattern that I follow. I just kind of get an idea. This is the size that I want. Uh, this is what I want to make sure fits. And then I just try to make my cuts accordingly uh, and and go from there. A lot of trial and error. But, you know, once once you get it going, you can knock out a lot of boxes in a pretty short period of time and, uh, and you know, have a really cool product that, you know, you can give away as gifts. You can use in your own home or, or, or even sell to folks. So, uh, so that's kind of the process that I've gone through and that's, you know, goes through using the majority of tools that I have in my shop, which is, you know, it's always good. You know, if you're going to spend money on a tool, you want to know that you're getting your use out of it. It's serving its purpose. And, and definitely with those recipe boxes, uh, I'm putting those tools to work and, um, you know, taking advantage of the, the cuts that they can provide, uh, and, and it works. It, it's, it's really nice. Um, and so hopefully fo- some folks, you know, that are interested in something like that, get a little bit out of, you know, today's topic and, and subject, you know, if you got questions, you got, uh, things you want us to talk about, uh, certain tools you want to learn more about, shoot us an email, blindgrilling at gmail.com is the email. 
And uh, we'll see what we can get to. Um, I think uh, some folks are asking about the handles, the process of making the handles uh, for the big green egg. Um, and I'll probably do that, um, you know, a little bit further down the road. That's a little bit more, you know, specific. And I know there's a lot of folks that don't have big green eggs, uh, so wouldn't necessarily have a need for that particular walkthrough of a build, but I'll be happy to do that. Uh, but there are some other things. I'm working on some handles for utensils uh, that I want to go through and walk through. You know, we've done the uh, end tables and some other um, uh, stands that uh, that we've built. And I, <laughs> I keep saying I'm going to get to this dining table for my wife. So, uh, you know, all of that's coming up pretty soon and, and really excited about that. There's actually a woodworkers group that's uh, they're trying to get started here in the Springfield, Missouri area. They're going to be meeting uh, here coming up in November uh, out near in the in Republic, I think at the Public Library in Republic, Missouri. And hopefully I'll be able to go out to that and uh, meet some folks and, um, you know, uh, see about, you know, learning some things and uh, getting to know some other folks in the area that's doing woodworking. So that'll be great as well. And uh, and kind of go from there, but uh, but anyway, it, it's been fun. I, I'm <laughs> I just love it. It's always good when you can have something to do to get out and enjoy, you know, the kind of things that uh, that you enjoy. It's interesting because I didn't have this interest for the majority of my life until uh, you know a year and a half ago. I had no interest in woodworking and and just kind of blew it off. It's like that's something I'll never do or never be able to do and. And now I'm doing it, and and absolutely love it. Absolutely love it. All right, folks. Again, blindgrilling at gmail.com is the email. Remember, you can shoot us that email. Let us know what you think about the program. Be sure and uh, rate us and uh, share it out with all your friends as well. Until next time, do your best to cut straight.